0: Going Linux, Episode 275, Lightweight Linux Distros Revisited. Welcome to the Going Linux Podcast. I'm your host, Larry Bushy.
1: And I'm your co-host, Bill.
0: Whether you are new to Linux, upgrading from Windows to Linux, or just thinking about moving to Linux, this podcast will provide you with valuable information and advice that will help you in Going
1: Linux. We hope that you find this and all our episodes helpful in learning about Linux and its applications and using them to get things done. In today's episode,
0: lightweight Linux distros revisited. So Bill, welcome to another episode of the Going Linux Podcast.
1: Yes, and not without a few little hiccups along the way. Uh, it,
0: it wouldn't be our podcast if we didn't have technical <laughs> issues. <laughs>
1: One of these really?
0: days we'll, we'll get this all down. I mean, it's only been, what, 275 episodes for me, a few less for you, but still, <laughs> we, should, we should be able to do this, you know?
1: Yeah, you would think. Yeah,
0: well, it doesn't help that you're using a backup computer and all kinds of other stuff going on, like Tropical Storm where you are and things like that. <laughs> nah.
1: Welcome to South Carolina. <laughs>
0: Uh, oh man well hopefully we'll be able to record this episode without any issues and uh it sounds like this
1: is going to be a really good episode oh yeah and by the way larry the Uh cray xc40 uses SuSE
0: linux Uh, and can i have one what a SUSE linux sure no problem no no
1: (laughs) no i want the cray xc40 oh okay (laughs) how much is it worth I need a small advance on my considerable pay that I get.
0: Uh, uh one point five mil. Start. Sure. Yes, we can do that. I'll just take that out of petty cash. I hey, wait. <laughs> let Let me check the cushion <laughs> of my uh, chair here.
1: Oh, here it is. Yeah, I got that much here in the in the chair cushion. Okay. Oh. Uh, well, yeah, that's. uh I just ran across that the other day, and I was like, "Man, I can really use it. I could play a lot of Team Fortress on that."
0: Yeah, I bet. <laughs> uh, you know what? I, I had heard something that laptop computers these days have as much computing power as the original Cray computers. So
1: well, this one has. I think I, the one I, that I looked at was had three hundred eighty-four uh, Xeon processors in one cabinet.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: I think it might be a little more powerful than what we're running.
0: Yeah. I, I can imagine that. Uh, you know, maybe we could get this podcast recorded on that machine without any trouble. <laughs> but then again, you well, never know. It might have audio issues, too. <laughs> yeah, really. Processing power doesn't guarantee good audio.
1: <laughs> true, true. Um, I updated my OpenSUSE machine, and mm-hmm. now I'm having system lockup problems.
0: Oh, man. Is that the uh, machine you're using now? There are, This is the backup machine.
1: This is the backup machine. Okay. Uh the OpenSUSE machines actually in another place right now, but uh, it, I did the uh, upgrades and now I'm getting system lockups, and I don't know um, why that is. Just mm. all of a sudden, just, I even got a kernel panic.
0: Ooh, ooh yeah. Ooh. So I don't know what's going on.
1: It, was it Someone a had
0: n- to, new kernel version as well?
1: I'm not sure what they if what that uh, update. I usually just say, "Oh, update, okay, click." Yep. Yeah, that's what I but, do uh, with
0: uh, Mint. You know what? Oh yeah, whatever rub, the, it in, rub it in. Whatever the update is, it just ends up on my machine.
1: <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, okay, thanks for rubbing that in.
0: Oh well, hey. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was uh, playing with uh, some software I found in the repositories and run um, across a HTML uh, editor. It's one of those "what you see is what you get" sure. type of editors. Yep. It's called Blue Griffin. You heard of it?
0: I have indeed, and uh, when. I was doing the review, I think that's one of the episodes I did solo, the review of uh, website editors, when mm-hmm. we were redesigning the website. Uh, Blue Griffin is one of the ones that I had reviewed. I like it a lot. It's very similar to some of the ones that it was derived from, which are now defunct. they got
1: the Mozilla composer, I think yes, it reminds me of.
0: Exactly, and... Uh, uh, I think you may still be able to get Mozilla Composer, but it's certainly not supported, and they haven't continued to develop it either. But Blue Griffin has the same features and more, and I like it a lot. It it does yeah. a great job.
1: Right now, my personal site runs um, uh, WordPress, and I was thinking maybe I should actually try to put a real website up. And uh, so I've been looking for several different ones, and that's the one I kind of like. I don't know how well it does yet. So I'm still, it has so many features. I hadn't figured it all out yet.
0: Yeah. It, it, uh, is a really good, uh, editor for somebody who wants to do their own website, as you just suggested. I like it. It, it certainly makes things easier for somebody who's not, uh, you know, skilled at web editing. And there are some great, Podcast plugins as well that make podcasting easy from WordPress. And uh, cool. you know, if I were to have to recommend a site editor for somebody who wanted to start a podcast and who didn't want to spend a lot of time editing their site, WordPress is certainly the way to go. But if oh, you I like want, WordPress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you uh, if you do want to edit your own website and have full control over how it looks and what you've got on there, Blue Griffin's a good way to go too.
1: Yeah, it is. All right. What are we talking about today, Larry?
0: Well, it is lightweight Linux distros. Now, we've talked about lightweight Linux distros in the past, and we're going to take a look at some of the uh, newer ones, some of the ones that may have had a refresh since we last talked about them, some of the more popular uh, Linux distros that are lightweight that can be used for lower-powered computers like Netbooks or Uh, If you've got a Chromebook that you uh, can install a full version of Linux on, these kind of distros might be good for that as well. And certainly if you have older hardware or low-spec hardware, this is what we're targeting with these lightweight distros.
1: Unfortunately, or fortunately, I should say, Linux is always progressing, so we'd like to just every once in a while touch on uh, subjects that we've talked about before.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: So anyway, uh, just a little uh, background, so everybody's on the same page. We know that people sometimes have older computers laying around, uh, and they still want to use them. Or perhaps they they have an older computer they want to try Linux on without messing with their newer computer.
0: Yeah, and with Windows XP not being supported any longer. Uh, There are quite a few computers out there that just don't have the specs to run Windows 7 or Windows 8 and they're currently running Windows XP. And, of course, it's not safe to run an operating system that's no longer supported, so what do you do? Well, you can buy a new machine or you could try something less expensive, a lightweight Linux
1: distribution. Okay, so Larry and myself were talking about this, so Larry tasked me with finding some choices that might fit the bill, no pun intended. <laughs> um, but that's not the only thing that Larry tasked me with. There had to be some conditions. It needed to be useful and not just run the system. It's no good if it doesn't work, I right? you know, as far as surfing the web and writing letters, etc. So the, the Linux distro needed to be easy for a new user to use and so they could get things done. And it needed to be stable. But if it looked good, that was all great, too.
0: And we'll first describe each distribution and where it's available. And then we'll talk a little bit about the recommended system specs. That way you'll know what kind of hardware each distribution will run on. So, Bill, you take the first project we found.
1: Oh, yeah, always making me do the first. Yeah. Okay. The first Linux distro that we found is LXLE, and it uses the LXDE desktop. And some interesting things about this project, it only uses the LTS versions of Ubuntu Lubuntu. And it has uh, a couple different ways uh, that you can make it like a drop-in replacement for modern desktops in use today. Uh, You can change how you interact with it. It has about four or five different, I guess, uh, themes would be a good word for it, that you can change how you know, where the menu bars are, etc etc. So, and I found uh, the default was pretty much the easiest one for me. It has Konky, uh installed, which is very basic, but it gives you all the information for the system that you need. And one of the nicest things is it had the Media codecs pre-installed, saving a few steps if you were just, you know, going to use it, the LXDE desktop and then you wanted to install everything. You don't have to do it with this one. It's already installed. It uses CMonkey, which is an open source uh, Firefox, and it uses DuckDuckGo as its search engine, and I didn't change it. I usually change it immediately to Google, but I said, let me just try DuckDuckGo, and it's not bad. Uh, the desktops look stunning. The project offers thousands of backgrounds. you got a little button on your desktop, and you just, yeah, I'm tired of that background, click, and it changes it. Uh, so it seems like it just pulls a bunch of pictures and backgrounds from the Internet. And uh, it has a few other things that are not usually installed on the LXDE desktop. Uh, it has a Record My Desktop, and uh, it also had a DASI uh, already installed. So it has some multimedia capabilities right out of the box. So this is not a bad choice if you're just looking for something to drop in a replacement and you get to work. Now, the system specs, according to Community, it says for advanced internet uh, services like Google+, YouTube, Google Docs, and Facebook. Your computer really needs at least one gigabyte of RAM. I'm actually using a system with LXLE with lower specs than that. It has about 768. So that's just, I guess, the guideline. For local programs like LibreOffice and some simple browsing habits, your computer only needs about 512 megabytes of RAM. Now the processor, uh this one... Says a Pentium 4 or Pentium M or AMD K8, which is old. So (laughs) you should any machine that you should have laying around should have that. Yeah,
0: that that is old.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that is old. Now older processors are too slow, and the AMD K7 has some problems with uh, flash video. So you probably don't want to use anything less than a K8. Now the graphics card that they recommend, or you know the specs anyway. Is an, an NVIDIA, AMD, ATI, Radeon, and an Intel. So basically all of them work right out of the box. Or the system can be tweaked to work fairly easily, you know, if you have an oddball card. You can get help at the Ubuntu forums uh, if you have an issue with any of the graphics. Or if you don't know, you can just try to the, uh, the current Ubuntu version. Uh, one thing I will say, it's fast. I don't know if it's fast as Ubuntu Mate, but can anything really be that fast? (laughs) And we're going to try to find out.
0: Yeah. Okay, the next distribution we're going to look at is one we've already talked about, and that's Ubuntu Mate and uh, Ubuntu Mate, as you just said it. And it's available at ubuntu-mate.org. Ubuntu Mate is a project that uses the Mate desktop instead of the Unity desktop that is the standard on the stock Ubuntu release. Some of the objectives that are stated on its website are the following. First, it's accessible to everyone regardless of language and physical ability. So they've got a lot of uh, accessibility support. Um, They use themes and artwork similar to Ubuntu. So Ubuntu Mate is immediately familiar, at least to anyone who has used Ubuntu in the past. It's an Ubuntu alternative for computers that aren't powerful enough to run a composited desktop. So although uh, they do have compositing available in Ubuntu Mate, it's not turned on by default. So if you've got lower spec hardware, it'll run. And fourth, the package selection will favor Functionality and stability over lightness and whimsy, according to their list, and the minimum hardware specs. Uh, you need a Pentium 3 750 megahertz, so that's a little older than the right. LXLE that uh, <laughs> you just mentioned, and 512 megs of RAM, eight gigabytes of available space on your hard drive is required a uh, bootable dvd rom drive to do the installation a uh, keyboard and mouse or other pointing device of course a uh, video adapter and monitor with at least 1024 by 768 resolution a uh, sound card with speakers or headphones so those are the minimum specs now the recommended specs are a little bit higher uh, and according to their website, they have run Ubuntu Mate on various low spec computers. And the only thing they've noticed is the speed of applications is a little bit slower on the lower spec machines. The system itself is always fast and responsive. So here are the recommended hardware specs Core 2 Duo, 1.6 gigahertz, 2 gigabytes of RAM, 16 gigs of hard drive space, a bootable USB flash drive. 3d capable video adapter and widescreen monitor with 1366 by 768 or higher resolution so the recommended specs are significantly better than the minimum specs and certainly the better your computer the better performance you'll see but that minimum spec i've run ubuntu mate on a computer with about that level of spec and it runs reasonably well
1: and so if your computer kind of falls in between the high and the low, it should run just fine.
0: Sure, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Our next district we're going to look at is Lubuntu, and you can find more information about that at lubuntu.net. Now, we had just talked about LXLE, but we're just going to talk about the plain-jane Lubuntu now. They both use the LXDE desktop, but they are different projects and do things a little differently. One of the differences... And the most telling is that Lubuntu Project does not, by default, install the restricted codecs, and they pick very lightweight applications. Here is some of the info that I got right from the Lubuntu team's wiki. This is pretty interesting stuff that I found. System Requirements. They have done some tests and found that Lubuntu can be installed on a Pentium 2 or Celeron system with 128 megabyte of RAM.
0: Wow, that's small.
1: But it wasn't very useful and didn't perform very well.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, okay. So it's not... We're going to focus on usability here, Bill. Let's move on. (laughs) Okay, okay. With 256
1: to 384 megabytes of RAM, the performance was better and the system was much more usable. But with 512 megabytes of RAM, you didn't need to worry about much of anything. Cause it just worked. The default desktop installer requires 384 to 800 megabyte of RAM depending on the selected options. Now, just as stressed, Lubuntu will run any application that will run on standard Ubuntu as long as the hardware will support it. So, it's a great choice for the older hardware out there. And so, if you have a machine laying around, Lubuntu will run on it just about. I mean, I can't really think of anything that's still around that has lower than 128 megs of RAM.
0: Yeah, that's true. I think the least spec computer that I have is is a really old ThinkPad with 384 megs of RAM. And I've installed Ubuntu on there in the past and it works just fine. Uh, it's slow, but fine. It's certainly usable. Uh, okay, our next project is Zubuntu with an X, Zubuntu. It is... Uh, distribution of course from ubuntu that uses the xfce desktop very well known for being lightweight xfce recommends 512 megabytes of ram for optimal performance and needs at least 256 the alternate install cd can make do with just 64 megs of ram if you have very little <laughs> uh, applications that are pre-installed include a web browser a mail client a word processor spreadsheet editor applications to handle your media like music videos and photos as well as many useful tools Zubuntu is a tad bit heavier in resources than Lubuntu but not enough to really make a difference so if you're looking for a lightweight distro then Zubuntu is certainly worth checking out.
1: These products are the main products that we found out there right now, and there are many others, and I want to offer a few honorable mentions. Let me know if you have used any of these or heard of them, Larry. Okay. Puppy Linux? Yes. You heard of that one? I've heard of it okay. and used it. Yes. Okay. How about Bodhi Linux?
0: Yeah, I've heard it pronounced Bodhi. I've heard it pronounced Bodhi. I've heard of it. I haven't used it. I think I've spun up a live CD once just to check it out, and it looked Okay. Well, let me give you a little feedback on Puppy first. Uh, Puppy, I believe this is still the case, it runs as Root, so uh, it's not as secure as some of the others out there. And although it is extremely lightweight, it's not one that I would recommend for most people who are using it in a day-to-day situation where you might be concerned about security or things like that.
1: Okay, and I'll give you some feedback on Bodeye, Bodhi, whatever, however they say it. I installed it on a very low spec machine, mm-hmm. and it runs fine with the Enlightenment 19 desktop. Now, what's kind of interesting about this project is that you install almost all its applications from a web browser. They have a page that you click what you want, and it installs it. Kind of different.
0: Yeah, it is different. Sounds very convenient.
1: Uh the inland uh, nineteen does have a few little quirks, you know, graphical glitches and stuff, but it's it's pretty slick. It's you can I mean if you had the time and wanted to, you could give the look about any way you wanted to. So it looks like Larry that I am the king of uh low spec uh distros. Well uh, I Bill, I
0: don't know. You know, one that we've reviewed in the past is pretty lightweight. It's pretty
1: small. You're gonna bust my bubble, aren't you?
0: Maybe so. Tinycore Linux, tinycorelinux.net. Tinycore is an example of what the core project team can produce in 15 megabytes. You
1: mean gigabyte, right?
0: No, megabytes. Oh. And it says they u- they use the fltk slash flwm desktop and so it's, well, it's really yeah yeah very lightweight it's not for everybody it works a little differently than most desktops and uh here's how it's described on the project's website and i don't know that you can do any better than this. Okay, it's not a duplicate of any other really common operating system. Tiny Core doesn't have a pretty boot screen or stock wallpaper, and Tiny Core certainly doesn't have its own advertising campaigns. It's not a turnkey operating system. Tiny Core can help you do what you need to do, but Tiny Core stays tiny by not including tools like a browser. Or a word processor. <laughs> but Tiny Core can help you download and install those really quickly. So, uh, yeah, in your 15 megabytes, you're not going to have a browser, but you can get it really, really easily. Okay. Uh, it's not for everybody. Tiny Core is fast and powerful and flexible, and you can use Tiny Core without much technical knowledge. But, like any strong tool, uh, Tiny Core becomes really useful if you know how to use it. Great starter skills could include command line usage, uh, simple shell scripting, and Linux file and permission management, and some reasonably fast typing skills so okay. again, it's not for everybody, but it is for somebody who absolutely has to get that really low spec computer up and running. I have tried it out, and uh, I like it it's It's definitely unique. And it is uh, very interesting to try to use. Uh, I had used it for a little while on a uh, backup computer and uh, have at least had my fill of tiny core Linux. (laughs) It's not (laughs) one that I think I'll continue to use. But again, for extremely old or extremely lightweight, it's one you can use. So if you're not scared off yet, it may not be for everybody, but you have to admit it is tiny.
1: So you just had to go bust my bubble. Yep. I thought I had you beat with at least Ubuntu, but no, you had to go. Where'd you find Tiny Core? Okay,
0: it's out there. It's out there.
1: I think there's a Micro
0: Core Linux that might be a little bit smaller than that too. But
1: you could probably run that on a four eighty six.
0: Uh, maybe. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, now that I've gotten my butt kicked by Larry, I think that's about all we have for our revisit of lightweight Linux distros. I'm sure that there are many others. I hope we didn't dis anybody's project, so if you happen to have a project, let us know about it.
0: Yeah, there's no way we can cover them all. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, no, there's, there's no way we can cover them all. But if you have a favorite, let us know, and we'll take a look at it. Well, Larry, make me take a look at it. I should say. <laughs> well, you're the distro hopper. You can look at this stuff. <laughs> now we're not quite all the way done yet. I do have a software pick. Okay. And it's called Gentoo. <laughs> no, but it's not the. Linux. Oh. It's actually a pretty cool file manager. And I think you should check it out. It's kind of like a graphical interface, but has text based also kinda of hybrid things. You should check it out. <laughs> okay. It's in the repositories.
0: It's in the repositories
1: <laughs> well, under Gentoo, huh? Under okay. Gentoo.
0: I will have to check that out. That sounds interesting. Okay. We'll check right. that out. Our next episode, Bill, is listener feedback, so until then, you can go to our website at goinglinux.com for articles and show notes, as well as links to download and subscribe.
1: And if you'd like, you can participate directly with our friendly and helpful community members by joining the discussion in our Going Linux podcast Google Plus community.
0: We are the website for computer users who just want to use Linux to get things done. Until next time, thanks for listening. 73.